Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I am going. No, we don't, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you are going. So how can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the way, truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. back next church family to another week in our series titled i am this week in our series we are looking at one of the last i am statements that we will be studying in one of the more popular i am statements that many maybe even have memorized in their childhood in sunday school or whatever uh, competition maybe that you were studying for. I know in the Assemblies of God we have what's called Junior Bible Quiz, and many people have memorized this passage in John 14, 1 through 7. In this passage, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. <laughs> what does that mean to them, and how can we apply it in our lives today? We could apply this many different ways, and so we're going to be just honing in on the three main questions that people ask in their life in general. Now, this is just a general statement. And then we'll apply this thought of the way, the truth, and the life to those three questions. And so let's get into this and just start unpacking what's going on here. Because in order to really understand how to apply it, we need to understand where this setting was and why it was that Jesus made this proclamation. And so as we listened in our Bible reading today, Jesus began in verse 1 of John chapter 14 by saying, don't let your hearts be troubled. Let's just stop right there. We have to understand why would he say, don't let your hearts be troubled. Now, if you understand where the book of John is in the, the time of the, the life of Jesus, you may or may not be aware that this is a time where Jesus is coming to the end of his life. He is what we would call preparing his disciples for his departure and his ultimate brutal sacrifice on the cross and his resurrection from the grave. Jesus had just washed his disciples' feet. And in this intimate moment, right, this is something that was reserved for the servants or slaves, as we would call them, the, the lowly people. They were the ones to wash their feet. And so here is the Messiah, right, the one who they predicted would be the king of Israel, is washing his disciples' feet. 
just again, as we continue to study in these I am statements, Jesus is just absolutely wrecking everything they knew about, about life and society. Like this isn't something that a, 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 a rabbi, a teacher, a king of the Jews was supposed to do. And so Jesus was washing his disciples' feet and had the, the Lord's Supper, the, the last supper with his disciples. And he makes some very troubling statements. The first was that he's going to be leaving them. Right? I, I'm going to be leaving you soon. Another one is that Judas is going to betray him. That Peter was going to deny him three times. And so Jesus, in this beautiful first statement that we find in John 14, he looks at his disciples and he sees their eyes. He, he, he feels their emotions. And he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't let your hearts be troubled. I love how David Guzik put it. He said, Jesus never wanted us to have life without trouble. That's radical for some people right there. <laughs> we stop there. He goes on to say, but he promised that we could have an untroubled heart, even in a troubled life. We could have an untroubled heart in a troubled life. In the middle of an intense situation, this is a great reminder that no matter what you face in life, how difficult it is and how much you question God, why? Why? We can know that God is not too overwhelmed or too overworked or split in too many different parts to see you and meet you right where you are. He cares. Right? This, this, this don't let your hearts be troubled is God saying, oh, I see you. I feel you. I hurt for you. Right? This is the same Jesus who is, is going to be crying out to God in the garden in just a brief moment and say, God, take this burden away from me. Take this cup away from me, as he says in his words. Right? Take this burden off. I don't want to go to the cross. I don't want to experience this intense rejection and hatred and violence. I don't want to carry my cross. I don't want to hang from the cross. I don't want everybody to, to leave me. Right? Jesus was, was feeling all those things, but yet he stopped in the middle of it. And he saw his disciples. And he said, don't let your hearts be troubled. I'm going to prepare place for you. I have to leave you. I have to leave you. But I'm going to prepare a place for you. And I love how Thomas was so brave in this moment. He was so brave. Because all the disciples were thinking it, right? Like, they're like, huh? What are you talking about, Jesus? And he boldly proclaims, we don't know where you're going. What are you talking about? Right? You would think that after all Jesus had done, after all that he taught, yet after this time of this intimate moments where he says, I got to go back to be with the Father so I can send you out, you would think that they would get it. But somehow, 
some way they were thinking Jesus was going to another town. Why can't we come with you? Let us come. <laughs> and so we can criticize these gentlemen, but then again, walk in their shoes for a moment. I don't know how many times that, at least for me, and I look back at my life, and I say, man, if I, if I knew then what I knew now, if only, I sure wouldn't have done what I did. I sure wouldn't have lost the sleep that I lost. I sure wouldn't have worried and been anxious. It really didn't matter. Right? The older you get, and if you're young listening, you'll get it someday. Believe me, because I was in your shoes, and it seems like just yesterday that everything was this intense battle inside of me. This concern, this worry. And now I look back, I'm like, man, that was stupid. <laughs> and I, I think that's what the disciples were dealing with, right? Like, they had all of these things swirling around them. Judas is going to betray what? Jesus, like, Jesus? Why would you betray Jesus? Peter's going to deny you three times? You're kidding me? Who would deny their best friend. Impossible. And I'm gonna, he's going to leave us? What in the world? Like, they were just living in the here and now. They couldn't see past what was right in front of them. We're no different. And so Jesus responded, I am going to the Father. And I want you to come with me. And so I need to, I need to prepare this place for you. You see, I, I'm going. I'm preparing it. And so I am the way that you can get to the Father. Right? I am the truth. I am the life. There is no other way into the entrance, into the family of God. I am it. I give you your belonging. I am the truth. My truth. What, what we call God's word. It's the truth to build your life on. And I I'm the life, true life, purpose. What you strive for in life can only be found in me. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And with that statement, Jesus radically put his foot down and said, here is life. You want to, I, you want to define your life. Here it is. And today I believe that this could radically impact your life as well. Because we all ask these same three questions in our life. And so let's, let's just break this down just briefly today. Of the answers that Jesus has for the three questions that we all ask in life. Now these again, they're general questions. And so I get that this might not all apply to everything specifically in this nice linear path that we want it to answer, right? But it's a good place to start. It can be the foundation which we have a solid life on so that we can find our identity. We can find our belonging. We can find our purpose. So let's begin. I am the way. The first question we all ask ourselves is, do I belong here? Do I belong? Do I have a place? Right? Everybody, everybody wants to be accepted by someone. 
right? You want to know that who you are is, is good enough, that you are safe, that you can trust a person, hopefully more than one person, but, but at least one place where you can find that safe place, that harbor, that, 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 that area in life where you can know and be known by someone. But I don't know about you, but life hits pretty hard. And you don't have to go very long. You can be in school, right? And you can realize that people aren't perfect. Right? You have bosses. You have friends. You have family. You have pastors or other leaders. Trusted individuals who you thought were safe. And they turn on you. Or they leave you. For whatever reason, there's so many different things. It could even be a good thing, like they move across country to be closer to, to home to care for a mom or dad. Right? You're, you're close college roommates, and you vowed that, that you would stay connected forever, but space, miles, put a damper on connection. Never the same. It could be something good could be something not so good. But the scars are what matters. Never the same. People are going to let you down. Situations are going to let you down. There is not a perfect church. There's not a perfect friend. There's not a perfect family member. There's not a perfect spouse. No one will be perfect. And so you have to decide, where do I find my belonging? Where do I find a safe place where I can be who I am. It's in Jesus. Jesus looks down and says, I am the way. I am the way to access with the Father. There is no other way. You want to be a part of the family of God? I am the way. And when you enter that family of God, you find belonging. Again, on earth, that family of God is it, it's broken, right? Because the family of God is made up of people. But that family of God transcends the here and now, and it goes into eternity where we are made perfect. We have belonging. And though we fail and we make mistakes, we all are working towards a place of refinement, of sanctification, that being set apart to become more like God is is what sanctification means. And so we are all working towards getting better. And though we take many steps back sometimes to make a step forward, we all want to be more like Christ. And eventually we will. We have belonging. You have a place because of Jesus. He is the way to find belonging, to find your place. I am making a way for you to come. I have your eternal home. You belong. You belong. Now the disciples didn't fully understand it at the time, but soon they would. Soon they would, though they questioned and they didn't fully understand when Jesus rose to be with the Father and he said, see you later, I'm leaving and I got, I got the Holy Spirit coming, he's going to fill you. Right, Acts 1.8. I'm going to fill you so you can be my witnesses. They understood. I found my home. I found my place. And these men were never the same. They were radical. They put their life on the line because Jesus welcomed them into the family. 
So not only is Jesus the way to finding our belonging, he is the truth. He is the truth. The second question we all ask ourselves is, who am I? Who am I? We're trying to answer our, who, who, what our identity is. Where do, where, do, where do I figure out who I am? Man, this question is so prevalent in our society today. Where do people go to find their identity? Some find it in a celebrity, right? I want to be like her. I want to be beautiful like her. Or I want to be as athletic as him. Some find it on social media. Right? They see all of the, the, the pictures and the, the articles. And they're like, that's, that's what it means to be someone. To see them rise up the ladder of success. To get that great college education. To graduate with, with, with honors or whatever, right? Val Victoria. That's, that's where my identity is found. Or maybe it's found in where I work or my career or my education or what I just do. Maybe it's found in my family, my heritage, my future, whatever. But here's the thing. You can let society or science, whatever, determine who you are and say, I am this because they said so. Or you can let Jesus tell you who you are. Paul put it this way in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, anyone who belongs to Christ, if you've called yourself a follower of Jesus, you've made him your savior, the only way to the Father, forgiven you of your sins and made you white as snow in front of God and made him Lord, the leader of your life, then here it is. You have become a new person. You're not what society says, what science says. You are what God says. Your old life is gone. Your new life has begun. Your identity is in Christ. You are a child of God. And then he goes on to say in 1 Corinthians 6, 19, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God. He is the truth. He is the truth. What he says about you is exactly who you are. You are a child of God with his spirit living inside of you. Your identity is in Christ. Not what anyone else says. Stand upon what God's word says. What is your foundation? So many people are deconstructing their faith and and just having this, this honest battle of what is truth. Science is saying this about me. Science says that that the chemicals inside me determine who I am. I get it. I understand. It's a battle for me as much as it is for anybody else. I truly do. It's hard. Because science is so factual. It's it's rigorous. And it's understanding and and the testing that goes on and trying to, to, to fully explain life. But ultimately... God is the one who made science. He determines what is truth. Either you believe that or you throw it aside and say, I am trusting in science. And I know that's a harsh statement. It's hard for some to listen to. And you might even just want to flick this off right now. But be honest. 
Either you trust God, his spirit, and his word to determine who you are, or you let the world tell you. And if you know anything about the world, it's ever-changing. It's ever-changing. Things will change. Ultimately, the enemy thinks he's going to win by finding all these truths out about the body, but someday everything points back to God. And he is the creator. He is the one that determines. Yes, yes, there is truth to science. And there are some truths that, 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 that we can stand upon and say, yeah, the chemicals in that, that brain are not so that, that make it seem like that. But that's not God's best. God's best is for you to be defined by what his word says. That is God's best. And this world and the chemicals inside of us are, are made up such that it's, it's, it's unfortunate. And it's taken us down to places where, where now people don't know who they are. And think that there's somebody they're not. That's it. You are a child. You are a son or you are a daughter. I made you that way. No other chemicals in your body may, may tell science elsewise. May tell you elsewise. God's word says, I created you male. I created you female. I created you to be new in the image of God with the spirit of God dwelling inside you. Let that be your guiding light. Stand upon that truth. Stand upon that truth. So in him, we have the way to belonging with the father. As part of his family. We have our identity, identity. As his child. As his child. With the spirit of God living in us. And the last question. We all ask. Is whom? What am I here for? What is my purpose? And Jesus proclaims. I am the light. I define your purpose. Here is what you are called to do. Ultimately. Right. Ultimately, we know that, that upon God's word, we are to glorify him. You can go scripture after scripture after scripture. Just type in what our purpose is, and it will tell you clearly. We are to glorify God. But what does that mean, right? Like I could have given you scripture upon scripture today of we are called to glorify God. But that's, that's so impractical. I mean, yes, that's a great vision. But how do we do that? God's also very clear about the practicality of that. And that's where I want to land today. God has called you to be his ambassador and to develop those who are called to be ambassadors. Let's unpack that. First, you are called to be his ambassadors so others can know him. First Peter 2.9, you are a chosen people. You are chosen. Right? When you accepted Jesus as your Savior and, his, and as your Lord, you are now chosen. You are a royal priest. You are a holy nation, God's very own possession. And as a result, here it is, right? So that's just identifying your identity once again, right? You are chosen. You are a child. You are a priest. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. You are to be that ambassador, that shining light. For he called you out of the darkness into a wonderful light. 
So you are an ambassador to those who don't yet know him. And when you are that ambassador and you represent him well, others will come to know him. And then you are to, number two, develop other ambassadors of Jesus. This is the Great Commission, right? Matthew 28, 19 through 20. This is, you know, Jesus' final words to his disciples along with Acts 1, 8, right? That we mentioned earlier. We are to go. We are to make disciples of all nations. We are to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We are to teach them to faithfully follow all that he has commanded us. And so right here in one statement, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Jesus gives us a foundation of how to build our life. I am the way. I have your belonging in his family, the Father's family. You have a place in the family of God. You are welcome. God opens his arms wide on the cross and said, you are welcome here. I am taking your pain. I'm taking your sorrow. I'm taking all of your sins, all the mistakes that you made that separate you from the Father. And I'm welcoming you in to the family of God. You have a place. You belong. You have identity upon God's truth. I am the way. You have family. I have truth. I have your identity wrapped up here all in the word of God. You are a new person. You're not what culture says. I have created you. And I have filled you with the spirit of God. And you have purpose. God has called you to be an ambassador and to make other ambassadors, to develop them. So as we come to an end today of this passage and these thoughts, I want to boil this down for you. Because maybe, maybe it's just not settling in today. And I really want to drive this home because this is so important. These three questions... If you don't answer these three questions, where do you belong? Who are you? And what is your purpose? If you don't nail those down, you're going to go to the wrong places to get the answers. And God has so much for you. But if you're turning to the wrong places, it's going to leave you constantly searching, constantly finding depression, anxiety, worry, doubt, fear. That's what the world offers. But God offers you love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. He has all that for you. He has a place for you to belong. He has your identity wrapped up. You can know who you are. You can have your place. You can have your purpose. But is that enough? Is that enough for you? It's a question you must ask. Is it enough? Am I okay with this? Will I let this define me? And to answer that, I want to break this down into individual questions for each question that we answered today. Number one, is it enough that God's family is your belonging. 
Is that enough? Or do you find your belonging at work, at school, maybe in an activity, sports? Is it in social media? Is it in family? Is that where you find your belonging? Is God enough? Is God's family enough? Number two, am I finding my identity in what Jesus says or what society, friends, family, the medical field? Is that where I find who I am? Is that what I let answer my identity? Lastly, am I finding my purpose in what God says? Am I willing to say my purpose in life, no matter if I'm working at a checkout line or I'm working as a CEO or I'm working on a mission field or something in between, (laughs) I am going to be Christ's ambassador no matter what. Are you willing for that? Or are you going to find your purpose in education, career, what your bank account says, in your children, in your goals? Now, I I want to really make this clear. None of these are bad. It's good to have goals. It's good to have community, especially with your family, right? Like, it's good to have healthy families, healthy career, a healthy identity. And not just flipping everything past and saying, none of that's good enough for me. Right? God's truth is everywhere. There's pieces of God's truth in culture. There's pieces of God's truth in the medical field or in the sciences or in a career or in sports. There's good everywhere. Okay? I love sports. I love working at the school. I love looking at the sciences and, and understanding, understanding what my emotions and thoughts, feelings are. There's truths and all of that, but ultimately, am I finding my identity in those things or am I finding my identity, my belonging, my purpose in Christ? Only He is the way to find identity in the family of God. Only He can tell me who I am. Only He can give me my purpose. So go to him today. Let him determine your belonging within the family of God. Let him determine your identity as a child of God filled with his spirit. Let him determine your purpose as his ambassador to develop others. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Let him be your your foundation for life. Father, I pray for every person listening that they will give their rights to their life to you. So, Father, that that they can find that joy, that peace, that patience, that kindness, that goodness, that gentleness, self-control. God, you have so much for them. Father, there's abundant life when we go to what you say. God, you don't tell us these things. You don't set these parameters to beat us up or tear us down. God, you set them up because it's for our good. 
It's your best for us. And when we fall in line with what's best, God, we find that true joy, that true life that you promise. So, Father, may every person do that today. Run to you. Find hope and joy and life in you today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us today, Nexus Church family. And we will see you again real soon when we look at the last I am of Jesus. We'll see you then.